And the score's in. It's the return of the king in the Mets half pipe. Sean White takes the goal. So Fabu. So that's all I saw. <laughs> that's all I saw. I saw the sporting event part of it and uh, the awesome uh, snowboard half pipe and then the winning the gold medal and all that. But this happened later. You know, honestly, here to talk about the Olympics, not, you know, gossip. So, um, but uh, I don't think so. I am who I am and I'm, and I'm proud of who I am and my friends, you know, love me and vouch for me. And, uh, and I, I, I think that uh, stands, stands on its own. Gold medalist Sean White got asked a question about a sexual harassment lawsuit that he had settled years ago, apparently. Yeah, correct. A couple of years ago. Yeah. So, dang it. I don't know. And now, this morning, he has uh, been forced to apologize for using the term gossip about the uh, very serious matter that was the alleged sexual harassment of um, of a, a woman who played in his rock and roll band in years gone by. Would it be insensitive to say, if he had said, can we talk about this tomorrow? This is the day I won the gold medal, and I'm going to get the gold medal. Can we stick with that, and then tomorrow I'll do the other stuff? Right. Would that be out of line? Or? Well, you know, all right, here's here's the long and short of it. This is, and I think this is a moment in the whole hashtag Me Too thing, and not a helpful one either. So, there he is. He's just, it's a really wonderful comeback story. Of a person, everybody but this gal says is a really nice person. He got terribly injured. He lost last time. He how fought did, his way back. How did he get so hurt? I, I just saw a little bit of the montage, and they showed the scar on his head. He smashed his face uh, in New Zealand in a half pipe, yeah. What did um, he hit his head on? The like edge the, of the the pipe. The oh, edge of the half pipe. Yeah, um, that was some gash. Yeah, yeah. There were some gnarly wipeouts yesterday. but so Other anyway, countries? Good. <clears throat> In his appearance on the Today Show, he apologized for using the word gossip to describe sexual harassment allegations. Quote, I'm truly sorry that I chose the word gossip. It was a poor choice of words to describe such a sensitive subject in the world today. I'm just truly sorry. I was so overwhelmed with just wanting to talk about how amazing today was and share my experience. But, yeah. Uh, when pressed by co-anchor Savannah Guthrie about the matter, White said he's grown as a person over the years. It's amazing. You Blah, blah, blah. Life's taught me a lot of lessons. Blah, blah, blah. Here's the long and short of it. So he was playing in a band, and the drummer was this young woman, and she claims uh, the boys were being boys and sent nasty texts and made sex jokes and the rest of it. And a female drummer. Which occurs in in virtually every band that includes young people ever. If we are going to criminalize naughty talk among rock and roll band members, if, if... A female who's there will later claim to have been offended, outraged, etc., and then sue. That is a fundamental change in the way men and women relate to each other. I I played in multiple rock and roll bands during the ages we're talking about, Sean White played in, with men and women, and there's all sorts of goofy talk. All all the time, every time we were together. And some of it may have been offensive at times to some of the people involved, but the idea that it is now criminalized and, and calls for you know a multi-million dollar, many thousand dollar lawsuits and settlements if one of the people becomes successful, it's just despicable to me. And, and it sends the message, you have two choices. You can either... Have a female in the band and completely mind your P's and Q's, 
which is not a bad thing. I mean, if you want to be courteous and respectful and all all the time, that's not a bad thing. I just don't want to live in an America where it's required, where where the like every woman I've ever liked and hung out with in my life was a willing and hilarious participant in that sort of stuff. But you cannot risk it now. You can't play with a woman anymore. That would be in, that would be incredibly unwise to let any woman into your organization because later she could feign outrage and and bring you to your knees financially. And and to me that's incredibly damaging to women and most of the women I know love and respect don't want that world. They hate the idea of that world where they're viewed as little china cups who can't who who can't take, you know, any sort of jokey talk or whatever. Am I talking about the old man for the Cato Institute? Telling the employees they ought to take off their shirt because they have nice boobs and the rest of it. Wow. No. And, and did they? No. Did they no, do that? No, of course not. No. Or showing them porn. You'd look good in this or your breasts are like hers. No, that's freaking and, terrible. And he kept his job for years doing that? Yeah. God, that's incredible. See, yeah. that, that blows my mind. I didn't know that it'd be possible to do that sort of thing and keep your job. It's just amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a line, and I think reasonable people, it's like the famous uh, justice saying about pornography. It's hard to define, but I know it when I see it. What is the line between a bunch of young people playing music and making inappropriate jokes to each other and that old man telling his employees, you ought to show me your boobs? It's, it might be difficult to write out an essay of why those two things are different, but come on, everybody knows they're different. So there was this article a couple of weeks ago in the New York Post written by a woman the title was A Male Backlash Against Hashtag Me Too is Brewing. Men are scared and feminists are delighted, but the urge to call out and punish male sexual transgression is bound to clash with an inescapable truth. We're all in this together, men and women. Consider what's happening in the capital of Florida. Female staffers and lobbyists have found many male legislators will no longer meet with them privately. And so they're having trouble having meetings at all mm-hmm. because of the possibility they could get a Accused of something. Yeah. I really need to uh, have a word with you about the, uh, the the Jones affair. Nope. Bring somebody else. Now, this is really sensitive. No. Bring a chaperone or I'm not talking to you. And they quote some uh, people in hiring positions in companies who say if it comes down to a man or a woman, I'm especially an attractive woman, I'm going to lean toward the man just because I, I can avoid any of these problems. Right. Nobody's going to say that on the record, but your entire life is a series of risk-reward assessments. You know, that, everything we do all the time is. That really sucks. Well, yeah, it sucks. I, I hate to think that, you know, my cute little smart-achieving uh, daughter, Little D, somebody's going to look at her and say, I don't know. Somebody around here is going to say something inappropriate to her, and then we got like a million dollars out the window. And, and, you know, it's just it's too dangerous. You can't have a woman around her, an attractive woman. It's just too dangerous. Is, is that what we want? And see, well, this, that's the wrong conversation to be having right now. No, unfortunately, it's one you have to. Because well, I think it's the absolute conversation that needs to be ha- ha- be having right now. Because otherwise, you're gonna you know help women to death. Yeah, and that really sucks. So if if you had workplaces where clearly this sort of thing was going on forever, and you had to put up with it, and the and and now we go through this weird period where we're trying to get justice for all that, and it ends up being you can't get hired or advance in your job because there were pervos, that really sucks. Right. But that I can see how that could happen. Well, that's or a cruel irony. Yeah. 
Which is why, you know, simpletons, we have to have both conversations at once. We have to make it absolutely clear that it's wildly unacceptable to treat women like that in the workplace as they're, you know, straining to feed themselves and their families and just trying to hang on to their gig, you know, to be trying to exploit them sexually. Meanwhile, if it's such a crazy-ass witch hunt that you can't have a woman in your organization because it's too dangerous, that's not helping women. Well, the main thing, as has been pointed out many times, including by Bill Maher, we've got to come up with a degrees of awfulness scale. Yeah, there there ought to be, you know, a one through five. And not lump it all together. Uh, that know, it was just, it was and is terrible. But but isn't it, tell, let's get back to the Sean White thing. I think it blank and sucks that... On the day he completes this amazing story of courage and skill and nerve and the rest of it, they're trying to grill him about old sexual harassment allegations by the drummer in his band. I think that sucks. I think that's a petty, ugly, just ugly world. Well, and I suppose women might say it sucks that I won a gold medal and then, you know, uh, my agent showed me his wang and I couldn't get anybody to believe me that he did it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I don't know. I don't know how you get it all to work out. I love arguments about that. We've got uh, got an email about that. Oh, you guys are talking about this because you're ignoring this. No, we can talk about a couple of things at once if you like. Or, you know, we'll do one then the other. Ah, well, most yeah. people are really angry that Sean White was dragging the American flag on the ground after yeah, he won the gold I heard medal. About that. Can everybody just exhale? And just- yeah, no kidding. Can I- how about you spend one day not outraged about anything? See how you like it. Sit down on your couch tonight to watch TV and just say to yourself, "I'm not going to get mad no matter what's on my television screen." I'm just not. Or think, "Wow, they see the world differently than I do, or they have different priorities than I do." And see if you can, like, keep rage outside in your front yard. You can not get, let it in. You can get in the habit of looking for things to be mad about. Sure. It's a habit. Yeah. I talk to my Twitter. <laughs> I talk to my son about it all the time. You get, you get in the habit of looking for things to be unhappy about. Or you sure. can get in the habit of looking for things to be happy about. There are some families that the entire dynamic is who can righteously claim to be angry at somebody. And they kind of wear the crown for that day. I've uh, observed it, and it's unhealthy. So uh, don't do that when you're watching TV at night. You watch the snowboarding, you think, but he dropped the American flag through the snow! i got to send off a text to someone. But the Republic will be fine. No, I'm not pro-flag dragon. <laughs> I just want to live. He's trying to carry his helmet and his board. Somebody throws nah. an American flag on him. Just settle down. Nah. Did, you know what? Iwo Jima's still Iwo Jima. Lexington conquered, beaten back the Nazis. None of it's changed. We're all fine. Fabu. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. I've grown to hate this song. Why is that? Uh, just worn out on it. I played it in like three bands, and I just uh, become your classic rock cliche kind of. You really don't like Valentine's Day, do you? Yeah, Joe hates all the romantic songs. 
Hates all the gestures of love? To me, it's like having like, one day a year when you love your children. It's disgusting to that, me. That would be weird, wouldn't it? Um, um, Michael, uh, have you played uh, my Bee Gees song for me yet? No, I haven't. What was the title? Uh, to Love Somebody. It'll be on next. Oh, I love that, that particular song. song, it's late in the evening, that uh, Wonderful Tonight song. He mentions in his autobiography he wrote that after a fight, waiting for his, his wife to get ready. is taking her way too long, and he was pissed off, mm. and he wrote that song. So it's not quite as romantic when you hear the backstory. <laughs> wow. So, so like, they, like, yell at her, then felt bad about it? How long does it take you to get ready? The party started an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> the third pair of shoes were fine. Yeah. Yeah, they're all fine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, Eric drank a little. He was a fan of the heroin, from what I understand. Um, I Don't want... do the drugs, kids. It'll make you yell at your wife. Huh. I wanted to mention this. Um... Friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Tim the Lawyer, Tim Sandifer's got a new book out about Frederick Douglass. Oh, yeah. And uh, I read half of it last weekend. I hope to read the other half this weekend. It's hard to read during the week, what with the children's and the job and whatnot. But anyway, he got uh, more or less a review in the Washington Post by George Will last week. Very complimentary. Mm, Nice. Which is a big deal. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that it's wonderful. And then got blasted by a dude in the New York Times um, last night. But. You know, who cares? Failing New York Times. The right. failing New York Times. Yeah, they How? ought to have that on their masthead with a big fancy F in front of the uh, the NY. This guy. Failing New York Times. This guy, David Blight, said, How the right co ops Frederick Douglass and got into. Um, oh, for God's sake. Tim Sandifer is not, quote unquote, the right, but. Got into a uh, bunch of nonsense. But uh, I told him, the book is called Self Made Man, by the way, published by the Cato Institute, and it is great. And it's only 140 pages, so it's perfect. It's perfect. Getting closer and closer to my ideal of 85-page books. I told him, I said, you release a book, and within a week, they're talking about it in the Washington Post and the New York Times. I'd consider that a pretty big deal. Yeah, no kidding. Good for him. No kidding. I got to write a book. What should I write about? How you hate Valentine's Day. All right. I'll get started. Write what you know. Boy, I hate Valentine's Day. I really, really hate it. I've got my lead. Now I'm flowing. The words are just flowing out of me. It was a dark and stormy night that I was hating Valentine's Day. (laughs) Nah, nah, it's fine. You all run your relationship however you see fit. Me and Judy, every day's Valentine's Day. But if you take Valentine's Day very seriously, you're almost certainly doomed. (laughs) I painted my house pink. That was, that was a good move, Michael. That I need to stop move. at C's Candies and get my wife the Nuts and Shoes assortment pack. C's Nuts. <laughs> well, you'll look for any opportunity for that, won't you? Yeah, I, I really do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it keeps my, it keeps, <laughs> keeps my head out of the oven. You, you know what? I'm not in charge of Clips of the Year. That's uh, positive Sean's uh, turf. But if that Fabu clip made into, into every single segment of the Clips of the Year... <laughs> Come our last show in December, that would make me a happy man. So, listen, uh, I have a feeling the world views of the teacher in this story are closer to my own uh, than the student. But nonetheless, you got to call them as you see them. We were talking uh, a little while ago about moronic, moronic San Francisco Bay Area schools banning the national anthem because of the controversial third verse. Really, if you spend any time looking into it, it doesn't mean what you think it means, and you're desperate, like like you're crazed on cocaine, need to shout your virtue is just embarrassing. So cut it out. On the other side of the coin, Clovis, California, it's right outside of Fresno. 
Guys uh, run in a class there. It's agriculture country, don't you know? And it's an ag class of some sort, probably first period. And everybody rises for the Pledge of Allegiance. And one uh, little gal, one high school student gal, sits there flipping through her phone, says, I'm not getting up. And the teacher loses his head, orders her to get up. She says, no, I don't gotta. And he called her a disgrace and said, go back to your country. You're a disgrace. Go back to your country. Says her mom, well, her dad's background is Hispanic and her mom is Asian. So which one is she supposed to choose? She doesn't have to choose. She's American, uh, said her mother quite correctly. Now, this teacher won... What age, what age are we talking here? Did you say uh, that? High school. High freshman school. in high school. So, mouthy, sarcastic, annoying, and ignorant, the high school freshman. Um, <laughs> sitting there, rolling her eyes, flipping through her phone. That was just your description of all high school freshmen, or um, that particular high school freshman? I, I would say it describes the mean high school freshman. <laughs> I would say... <laughs> I would say if you were going to do a word cloud of freshmen in high school, <laughs> including myself, oh yeah, those me too. Would, please, those words would feature prominently. So uh, <laughs> this, annoying and ignorant. This gentleman Ken Diaz is the name of the teacher. Oh, speaking of teachers, uh, we blasted the bejesus out of that utterly indefensible uh, military hating teacher who went off at the mouth, who's been suspended, etc. So I'm just trying to be fair here. We're trying to be, uh, we're, the, we're the guys in the stripes. We're the referees. We're Armstrong Yeti, the conscience of the nation. Uh, this Ken Diaz teacher, he's a recently awarded Teacher of the Year. Um, outstanding Teacher Award, California Agricultural Teachers Association, etc., etc. He got mad. He got pissed. He went off and he said, you're a disgrace. Go back to your country. You can't say that. You can't get hooked. By an eye-rolling, snotty little, allegedly high school freshman who's not standing for the anthem. Just let her sit there and ignore her completely. Right, right. Um, and you know what? She she has that right. And, you know, as I said, going into this, I have a feeling my worldview, my attitudes and beliefs are a hell of a lot closer to the teacher than the students. But, um, you know, remember, when uh, a gesture of respect is made mandatory, it becomes an act of submission. Ooh. And that's not what we're about in this country. Heavy. Hello. Oh, here's the Bee Gees. Never mind, I can't talk anymore. Crank it up, Michael! This is one of the great love, love songs ever written. You'll allow this on Valentine's Day, which you despise? Oh, it's a great song. Oh, I'll even play it on Christmas morning. Hmm. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, more questions about that battle between U.S. forces and Russian mercenaries in Syria. You got a West Coast city declaring itself the first sanctuary city for pot and positive Sean's Olympic Games final medal count for the day. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Also, what card you choose reveals your personality. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Hit the hook. We're out of time. What? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is a little something we like to call the... Oh, somebody had a suggestion for the book you're going to write. Yes, excellent. I'm willing to take Um, suggestions. What it's like to live with a ginormous head. Hmm. Well, at least people wouldn't wonder what it was about, you know, when they saw the title. Because you have expertise in that. Right. I mean, if I called it top-heavy or... 
the my search for hats. <laughs> People would have no idea what it was about. My struggle with having a ginormous head. Right. And, and Joe, I'm not even going to make you have to ask. Of course I will write a review for the, the leaf, the inside. Oh, a little log cover. rolling, as they yeah. say in the uh, publishing yeah. business. Thank oh, you, Positive John. No problem. No problem. When your book comes out, I'd be happy to uh, do the same. News now with Marshall Phillips. Can I write your forward? <laughs> Who wants a forward in a book? What the hell is the point of the forward? I'm a preface man. <laughs> Numerous reports coming out about a battle between U.S. forces and Russian mercenaries in Syria last week being called the deadliest clash between citizens of the former foes since the Cold War. Not c- clearly. More than 200 contract soldiers, mostly Russians, fighting on behalf of Syrian <laughs> leader Assad, died in a failed attack on a base held by U.S. and mainly Kurdish forces. That's according now to a number of unnamed sources, and a number of outlets are now reporting on this. Now, our own Mike Lyons says Putin directed it himself. It was uh, to, to see if we were willing to defend our position. He must have thought maybe we wouldn't. We did. He picked us an opportunity where he had plausible deniability that it was Russians. There's a bunch of mercenaries and contractors. I okay. I don't understand how that whole deal works, even though everybody knows what's going on. It just I don't get it, but that's the way it works. That's the way the world works. Yeah. The Russia's military has said it had nothing to do with the attack, and the U.S. has accepted the claim Defense- because we don't want that either. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody wins in that scenario. We don't want to be in the position of we were attacked by Russians. Now we have to do retaliate. Right. The Kremlin trying to downplay its involvement in for a number of reasons in the fighting in Syria. They have sidestepped questions about the episode, even as they are facing rare criticism at home over its failure to acknowledge the deaths of Russians in Syria. Family and friends of the soldiers asking a lot of questions about what is going on. Boy, I, you know, I'd like to set aside about 1,500 pages of reading time for... You know, a, uh, a a giant study and assessment of the Putin regime and how it works and the rest of it. I've read a fair amount about it, and it is so it's such a classic case of um, of the levers of wealth yeah. being used to secure political power. Um, it's just really interesting that you can you know run a, a giant country like that, but he's got so much power, and he, he combines you know the secret police and fear with uh, with just doling out cash. Right. It's amazing, a kleptocracy. Well, as you know, during the last uh, one of the last presidential campaigns, I was a close advisor to uh, candidate Mitt Romney. That's and, right. Uh, my sources. You're his Rob Porter, if you will. Well, probably a little. That nah, probably a bad choice. Yeah. You're yeah. his uh, his uh, Steve. What's his name? Steve Bannon. You're Mitt Romney's Steve Bannon. All right. Yeah, I'm a little disheveled. I'll take that. Anyway, <laughs> we got we <laughs> we've got big excitement tomorrow. My sources, along with the Associated Press, is reporting that uh, Mitt is going to announce that he is running for the Utah Senate. Then he will be a senator because he will absolutely win. Yes, that will be an will, interesting. He will get uh, he will get a tremendous amount of attention and airtime too as senator, as a guy who called the yeah. current president a con man and a fraud. And he will be asked about that repeatedly. Yeah. Berkeley leaders want the city to become a sanctuary city for marijuana. So the city council voted. What does in, that mean? Well, Go ahead. Nobody cares. It's legal now. They voted unanimously yesterday to take the historic step. That's what they're calling it, the historic step. The uh, move will ban city agencies and employees from turning over information on legal cannabis activities and assisting in enforcing 
federal marijuana laws. Right, nobody is. God, would you quit? All right, you're virtuous. We know. Fine. Nobody cares. You ever been to Berkeley? Berkeley City Council? It's, it's like it's like when I used to live downwind from the craft plant in central <laughs> Illinois. That damn cheese powder was all you could smell all day long if the wind was right. Berkeley's it's like the inside of a bong. Fine. Great. Just do it. Just leave us alone. The only city council meetings in America where hacky sack circles routinely break out. Right. You lived near the craft factory where they make that orange cheese powder that goes in macaroni and cheese? Yeah, or, or something similar. It's a, It was a gigantic facility really? in uh, Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, and uh, when you were downwind from it, it smelled awful. The smell was, the last thing it was, was food you'd want to put in your mouth. But that's what happens when you manufacture, quote-unquote, cheese food in a factory. (laughs) Competitive eater San Jose, California's own Joey Chestnut is branching out. He is releasing his own brand of Competitive inhaling. Nope. Animas. His own brand of mustard. The competitive eater making the announcement this week on Twitter saying he's teamed up with a Wisconsin condiments company to create two flavored mustards. Marshall, I don't don't think you understand what we do here. We sell advertising. If somebody comes up with a new kind of mustard and wants to sell it, they pay for advertising. If I walk into a golf supply store and one of the employees says, hey, you're hitting these irons really good in the simulator. Here, take them. The manager is probably going to say, son, we sell golf clubs here. Don't give them to people when they walk in. Marshall, do you understand what we do here? <laughs> but you got to understand, Joy Chestnut is is renowned. Local hero. Yes. Um, that would have been a good yeah. idea like five years ago yeah. when the uh, competitive eating was huge. It's kind of jumped the shark. So, Dude, so if Joe Montana opens up a furniture store, are you going to tout that he's got 20% off couches oh, this weekend? What are you Joe doing? Montana and champion opening up his own, what was it, furniture, furniture store. store. It's right. a touchdown in prices. <laughs> Very nicely done. You're on board. Joe Cool's House of Couches. The catch is we have no return policy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, now we've got our final medal count for this Valentine Day morning from Positive Sean using his own unique method of tabulating the winner's hall. Sean? Yes, this is based entirely off of it. Were you to melt down the medals and sell them as just minerals, how much value would you get? So this has Germany... Uh, atop the standings, they took over the Netherlands with $4,689.50 worth of medals. They also have the most medals overall, winning 12. Uh, the Netherlands are in second, 4172 Those are the only two countries over $4,000 in worth. Norway and Canada, respectively third and fourth, with $3,341.50. And Canada with $3,021.50. USA, not even double-digit medals yet. Oh, wow. Only seven, oh. with 2000 $635 worth of winnings. Mired in fifth. All alchemy aside, what place is the United States in? Uh, they are second in gold, uh, fifth in total medals. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I'm sorry, third in gold. Third biggest country on earth, and we dedicate a lot of importance to uh, to sports. You'd think we'd be better at this, Ben, but we're not. Mm, it's global warming. You think that's it? Yep. Plus, if China and India ever really cared about the Olympics, right. nobody would beat them, right? Mm, Just I based on population. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just on averages, you'd have more strong, fast, whatever people. And the fabulous Finns coming in with double digits, right? Two? 
Uh, <laughs> that's not quite double digits, but uh, yeah, we'll go with that. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West it and the me. conscience of a nation. Yes, yeah. the conscience yes. of a nation. It's yeah. what we are. On this, the most romantic of all days. Great, Great song. Marshall. Great song. Oh, yeah. Cuddle up Buttercup. Is this Jay-Z? Fabulous. Dean Martin, my friend. I can't believe I, as usual, waited to the last moment, so I'll be going to C's Candy Store today, which there'll be a line out the door for all the other dullards who've waited to the last moment. Candies, because you didn't know February 14th was coming. Can't you go to the Walmart and get Seals candies or Bees candies? (laughs) Something close, but not quite the same. Yeah, come on, I'll bet they're yummy. If the line's too long, I might. Don't get the seal candy. Here's a scone from Starbucks. <laughs> it's heart shaped. <laughs> it is now. I ate off the corners. Uh, the petering out is coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, it's been very windy in Pyeongchang. Uh, They've had gusts up to 40 miles an hour, which has made it difficult for the athletes. Some had to alter their routines to uh, work around the wind. Some of the snowboarders couldn't get their bongs lit. It has been chaotic. (laughs) They're dopers. Marijuana fiends. Those snowboarders. That's the rumor, anyway. Welcome to. The Armstrong and Getty Show, waning moments of the Valentine's Day show, the most important day of the year for softheads. Oh, boy. Um, And we have this article here, eight tips to improve your relationship courtesy of international relations experts. How interesting. Some of the best ways for countries to get along are the best ways for people to get along in a relationship. Why am I using this phrasing and tone of voice? I don't don't know, know, but it's working. Yeah. I'm feeling drawn in for dramatic effect. Well done. Say what you mean and prove it. Countries that send costly signals, taking an action that incurs some costs, such as moving troops away from the border or disabling a nuclear program, are better able to communicate their intentions than just saying it. Do the same thing in your relationship. Saying I love you is more credible if you actually buy some roses along with it, for instance. Oh, boy. If you want your partner to believe that you'll make time for a vacation this year, actually book the tickets. Don't no, just say you're going to do that. I've heard that um, half the appeal of having a date night on the books is the anticipation. That's why it's important to book it and put it on there. That's like half the effect, the positive effect of your on your relationship. Mm. Having it exist in the future. Uh, having an audience. Leaders who generate audience costs, a term I'd never heard before, but apparently it's a term in international relations. That is, they make public promises, tend to keep those promises more often. So it's the idea of um, saying I love you in front of people Mm. is different than drunkenly saying I love you when you're hoping to have sex. Mm. Like the extreme example of the uh, the old proposing at a baseball game sort of thing. Ah, yes. Although I think most people generally believe a proposal, don't they? Ah, just kidding. I was able first. Didn't you look at the calendar? Or I was I'd Dummy. Had, I'd had a couple of drinks. <laughs> yeah, I've rethought it. You know that whole will you marry me thing from last night? <laughs> well. 
The importance of reciprocal behavior. It is the tit-for-tat rule in international relations. If a country does something nice for you, do something nice in return. Remind me to go buy a tat. (laughs) (laughs) I got all sorts of tats. Anything you'd like to offer me for this tat. (laughs) You do something nice for them, they'll do something nice for you, and it just escalates, and pretty soon you're both living living happily ever after. There you go. The reverse can also happen if you do something that's, you know, like a punishment or not cool or whatever, and then they do something to retaliate, Mm -hmm. and it just keeps getting worse and worse, which is similar to careful conflict is easily escalated. One of the most enduring puzzles about war is that it breaks out even though both parties would be better off coming to a peaceful negotiated settlement. The same thing can happen in relationships. In relationships. Um, one reason is escalation is so easy because there's a temptation for each side to bluff about how far they're willing to go to get the other side to back down. And the next thing you know, you're both someplace you don't want to be. That's right. pretty interesting. You're in a spot where you have to do what you don't want to do to... Uh, ensure your own credibility, which yeah. is a rough way to do that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Don't work here. You've painted yourself into a corner. So conflicts can escalate quickly. Mm. Do not allow that to happen. Um, I like that. That's a good one. That is a, that is an interesting idea, period. The idea that usually war is not a benefit to anybody. Don't but touch it, somebody's Sudetenland without uh, approval, of um, exactly. permission. I got you the nicest tat. Now, what are you going to do for me? I mean, this one's the best one they had at the store. Maybe. The salesman told me it's the best. It's the, most, it's the shiniest one. It's the biggest one. I bought you a pair of them. <laughs> now, let's think. <laughs> I'm not proud of this segment. No, no. I'm not proud of a lot of our segments. It devolved. <laughs> yeah. It really yeah, did. no kidding. Started sophomoric and declined from there. I'm strong and getty. I'm getting ready. Oh, final thoughts. Fabu. And here's your host on the most important day, Joe Getty. Oh, for God's sake. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, Michelangelo, final thought? Uh, yeah, I waited till the last minute, unfortunately, to get a card from my girlfriend. I was stuck with only a few um, that were left. So as the card says, honey, happy Hanukkah. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall Phillips, your final thoughts, sir? Yes, final Valentine's Day thoughts. You know, we shared a little Dean Martin with you earlier. Reminded me, I once went out with Dean's daughter, Dina, when I was going to Hollywood Professional you School. You dated Dean Martin's daughter. Yes. Of course you did. And it <laughs> just <laughs> occurred to you. Ah, uh, yes. What might have been. What might have been. Oh, my God. Positive, Sean, your final thought? Yeah, just a couple more finishing touches uh, for the... Uh, Valentine's dinner preparations just go. Can I chill champagne in the freezer? Does it explode? Do you guys know that? No, you can do it. Okay. <laughs> sure, you right too ahead. long and yeah. it will explode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jack, what is your final thought for us? I guess we'll try to carve out some something like a Valentine's Day with uh, two young kids. We got a couple of doctor's appointments and school today, and it's a school night, so you got to do the whole bedtime routine and get to bed. And Sounds you know, hot, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's see, do something Valentiney for the children because that's who the day is for: children and only children. Uh, my final thought. Uh, turns out that uh, when you spin around real fast as a, a figure skater, you get weird, dizzy tunnel vision, and often you jump into your next move barely being able to see because your brain's still freaking out. Really? Yeah, according to one uh, pro figure skater. How come there are more, aren't more crashes? And There are plenty. <laughs> Pools of blood on the ice. Because they're really, really, really good at it, I guess. We'll do more on that uh, tomorrow. Hmm. 
I, you know, I'm not saying any of it's easy. I just don't want to watch it. Especially the ice dancing. Yeah. How about the couple that's married and they kissed because of Valentine's Day? Wasn't that the most romantic thing you've ever seen? Yes, yes it was. Faboo. <laughs> I will never in my life see anything so romantic. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty, wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. Drop us an email, tweet at us, uh, text us, whatever you want. We'll uh, we'll gladly take a look. Is the wolf blanket going to make an appearance on Valentine's Day there, Sean? It, it is displayed oh. on the couch. Awesome. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Cupid's draw back your bow, let your arrow go straight to my lover's heart. That's a kill shot, pal. You bleed out in 10 seconds. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.